Welcome to the Elevate Effect podcast, where we give you the resources to take you from workloads to workflows. I'm your host, Courtney. I'm an online systems educator for coaches. Fueled by cold brew and a love for watching endless reruns of Friends, I'm here to give you the tools and the support you need to scale your business and take back charge of your life and your time. So pour yourself a cup of coffee or a glass of wine and let's do the damn thing. Right, everyone. So I am actually really looking forward to today's episode because I feel like this has been kind of a misconception or misunderstanding in this industry as far as, you know, what automation is. And so today we're going to cover the four types of automation in your business. And, you know, let's be real as an entrepreneur, we really don't have time to waste on manual tasks that are eating up the bulk of your day, right? And that's where automation can come in. Automating your business can sound scary and overwhelming. Maybe you don't feel like you're the most tech savvy person, but I'm here to kind of help break down the four types of automation and give you some action steps to implement them in your business today. So we're gonna kind of talk about the introduction automation, right? So what are the benefits, some common misconceptions and best practices? So in general, the benefits of automation is automating manual tasks can save you so much time in your business. And I sometimes don't think a lot of us realize how much of the nitty gritty manual stuff we are still doing in our business that we can be automating in some way. And it's gonna really help to increase our productivity within our business. It's also gonna help reduce mistakes and oversights. The more that you can automate, and that doesn't necessarily mean a tech automation, and I'll talk about that later in the episode, it's gonna help to reduce things getting missed. And using automations is really gonna help take repetitive steps off your plate, but still allows you to keep control where you want to and not really lose that human interaction if and where necessary. So some common misconceptions I want to talk about is automation just being technology, right? So I think a lot of the time when somebody comes to us and says, hey, I want to automate this in my business, they're meaning, hey, I just don't want to ever touch it again. I want it to just run on its own. Kind of like a set it and forget it mentality, which there is that type of automation, right? That's what we would call a tech automation. However, there's lots of other different ways that you can automate besides just via technology, a software, a platform, a zap, et cetera. So to keep in mind, automations are going to require upkeep and troubleshooting, right? So even if it is a tech automation, that is something that is a one and done or set it and forget it. We do still need to make sure that we are going and reviewing them, making sure they're still working, troubleshooting them. Also just evaluating, like, do I even need to have this automation still set up? You want to make sure that you're also creating SOPs or standard operating procedures for how your automations should work so that your team can help with upkeep on those automations. So a good best practice is when you're creating the automation to go ahead and just record a loom video walking through how to set it up and the purpose of it so that your team can really easily come in and just troubleshoot or edit it if they need to because you've already done you know the dirty work so to speak and set up the corresponding SOP. So the last piece as far as like best practices go would be to audit your automations throughout the year. So number one you want to make sure again that they're working properly. Number two again are they as efficient as possible and number three are they up to date. Again especially if you're paying for a tool for automation, if you're using something like Zapier, um, some of you may pronounce it Zapier, whichever way, you may potentially be 
actually paying for that platform. And so you wanna make sure that you're going through your zaps, maybe on a quarterly or you know semi-annual basis, just to kind of review and say, am I even using this anymore? Is this serving my business? Because if you are utilizing the paid feature, then you may be able to cut back in some spots. So that's another thing to keep in mind is to make sure that we are auditing our automations so that we are making sure that everything is set up efficiently and we are being cost-effective with the platforms we are using. Okay, so the first type of automation we're gonna talk about is tech automation. So most of the time, like I said, when a client comes to us and says something like, hey, I wanna find a way to automate everything in my business, they're talking about tech automation, right? And so the basic definition is really just automations through an online software. So some of those softwares that you may or may not have heard of that you can set up to help optimize and automate um, those tech automation would be things like Zapier or Zapier, however you like to pronounce it, like I mentioned, Integrify. I think there's one that's called, if not this, then that, or something along those lines is a weird acronym. <laughs> but what we really prefer to use is Zapier. So an example of a tech automation is say when somebody fills out the form on your website, maybe it's your lead intake form or some type of application, then you use Zapier to send the response into another platform like ClickUp. So ClickUp is a project management tool. If you haven't heard of it or haven't heard us talk about it, ClickUp is one of our favorite project management tools as well. So basically the way Zapier is gonna work is it's going to help softwares that don't naturally or natively communicate with one another to connect, right? And so tech automations are great, but there is something to be said about having some manual touches on things. And tech automations are not the only way to automate your business. And the other thing that you kind of need to be aware of too is it's still technology, right? There's gonna be glitches, there's gonna be times when maybe your zap doesn't work right. And those are things to be aware of, which is why we do encourage you to audit and review those automations on a consistent basis, just because if you're fully relying at a lot of different spots in your business on full tech automation, then things can start to get a little bit messy. So that is just kind of something to be aware when it comes to to tech automation. Um, and then just a couple action steps that you guys can start looking at. So you can at least go try two tech automations to set up in your business. So Zapier does have a free plan. So if you wanna test the waters with it, a couple of examples of what you could look at setting up is maybe whenever a client signs a contract in something like Dubsado or HoneyBook, then you set up a Zap to create a task to add them into your project management tool, maybe in something like a client pipeline or a student roster or something like that. Or another example could be, you know, whenever a product is purchased, you could ping the team in Slack. Maybe you guys like to celebrate your wins. We personally do that whenever a new student enrolls in our course. We have a fun little zap that pings into Slack and just has a little celebration message for our entire team so that we can celebrate a new student coming in the door. And so it's really just things like that. What's great about Zapier is if you go onto their website, there is an area where you can type in the two different tools that you would like to see if you can automate between and it's gonna actually give you an idea or some examples of hey if you have HoneyBook and you have ClickUp here's a couple of different popular zaps that people use to automate between the two so again tech automation that's probably the most popular the most well-known or understood automation when you are working in your business again if you don't feel like you're on the tech savvy side Zapier is really really easy to use they have a good support team and they're really happy to help come in and help you guys set stuff up if you need to Another type of automation we're gonna talk about is personal automation. So the basic definition for this is really things that you 
do in your life that support you personally, whether it's a morning ritual, a routine, time blocking. And so examples of morning routines in general, you know, what are the things that you do to start your day? So for example, I know there are people that are super productive first thing in the morning. They get up really early, they fix a breakfast, they exercise, journal, all that good stuff. And I have aspired to be that person, but I have also come to accept that that just may not be me. As much as I have tried to implement that as a habit, I've just kind of learned I'm not the biggest morning person. And so my morning routine literally is just honoring the white space that I need to have a slow morning, right? I just really enjoy having a slow morning and I'm not afraid to admit that. And so what it really can look like is just find out what your non-negotiables are. So, you know, do you have coffee or breakfast with your partner? Do you take your dog on a walk? Do you read a certain amount of pages in a book? Or what time do you wanna be set down at your desk every morning? That is my only non-negotiable for myself is as long as I'm to my desk by nine or 9.30 in the morning, then that's what my morning routine is for me. <laughs> because I know that sometimes I'm gonna wanna give myself a little bit of time to sleep in. Obviously this is pre-baby and I can still sleep in at this point in time, at the time of this recording, but you know, whatever that looks like for you, I like to spend some time with my husband before he goes to work. I go hang out with the dogs in the backyard and I just like to have a slow morning. I don't like to have a ton of structure because it kind of starts my day off for me personally in, I wouldn't say an anxiety ridden state. I just don't like to have a lot on my plate when I'm first waking up. And so that's what you can do, right? Figure out what your non-negotiables are and build a routine around that. The second example that I'll kind of talk about is that time blocking. So time blocking can be a really great tool to use in your business. I think the thing to be aware of is it doesn't have to be a black and white version of time blocking. So if you go in, you start time blocking your calendar, like, okay, I'm gonna check my emails at nine. I'm gonna do this at 10 and this at 11. It becomes a little restrictive. So I like to allow myself to use time blocking as more of a guide to my day versus you have to do every single one of these things at every point in time on your calendar because it's a little too rigid and that doesn't leave room for life, right? So for time blocking, a couple of good little things I can give you to help with automating this is finding your most productive times of the day and build your schedule around that. So for example, I am actually the most productive in the morning after I'm sat down and then I hit a little bit of a, a lull in the afternoon. I get tired, you know, probably post food coma after eating lunch. And then I kind of get a second wind towards the end of the day. And then you want to make sure that you plan your big projects during your most productive times and figure out what works best for you when it comes to time blocking. You know, is it a personal automation because it supports your productivity, right? So that's another really good way to look at what personal automation is and to figure out your non-negotiables for your morning routine. I feel like a lot of people think of the morning routine as an immediate set of steps, right? So that's again where I would really encourage you to just think realistically about what you want that morning routine to look like and really be honest with yourself about what that would look like for you. Because again, we are in a space where we're constantly connected with other people and seeing what they're doing on a regular basis. A, we honestly don't know if that is realistic and if that is what they're doing on a consistent basis and B, that's their definition of success or their definition of what they wanna be doing. And that doesn't mean it has to be ours. So for action steps, Figure out what your non-negotiables are for your morning routine and start implementing that. Hey there, quick interruption. So having an online business also means promoting and accepting payments for products, subscriptions, and services. And if you're like me, you want something simple and efficient to help you out with this. 
That's why I use Thrivecart in my business. Thrivecart is more than just a shopping cart platform. It allows you to set up payment plans, recurring subscriptions, coupon codes, and even affiliate programs for your products and services. Thrivecart has saved me so much time and stress in my business when it comes to payment. All you have to do is go to the link below in the show notes and sign up to get started. Alrighty, now let's get back to the show. Another type of automation we're going to talk about is process or workflow automation. And this is really just a set of steps that you follow every time you do a specific task. So what's an example of this is maybe you have a blog and you have a process that you follow every single time you publish a new blog post. So maybe it's you write the post, you check it for grammar and spelling, you choose your SEO keywords, you choose the featured image, whatever that looks like, it's really just a set of steps that you complete every time you do this. And so whenever you are doing projects that have a list of step-by-step -step tasks that you're doing, start documenting them, right? So create templates for your workflows to duplicate every time you complete a specific task. Maybe you have a podcast, maybe it's every time you record a podcast episode, there are a series of steps that happen after you've done that, whether it's editing it, writing the show notes, etc. those are also process and workflow automations. So another example would be maybe when it comes time to create your new Instagram content or just new social content in general, your workflow is draft new content, create visuals, review the post, schedule it. That's a process automation. When a lead schedules a discovery call, maybe it's they fill out the intake form, the team reviews it, the discovery call happens, the proposal is sent, etc. Again, that's another process or workflow automation. It's those things that you can kind of set to rinse and repeat. And then what you can do from there is start to delegate, right? So maybe it's, if you have a team, then this is something where you can review, okay, hey, this is our process and I wanna delegate these steps in this process, or maybe it's the whole automation as a whole. Or if you're a solopreneur and you don't have a team quite yet, this is where you can kind of start getting your gears spinning as far as okay. This is what this process is gonna look like. I would like to eventually delegate these pieces in this process. So again, process and workflow automation is another example of something that we would be covering as the third step in this automation process. And the last part is templated automation. So this is number four in the four types that we're gonna talk about today. And it's really anything that you template out that's going to speed up your process. So this could be things like canned email responses, templated contracts, templated invoices or proposals. And so for canned email responses, maybe you've created template responses for common types of questions or emails that you get so that you can quickly copy and paste or just click a button. If you use something like Gmail, Gmail has a canned response setting that you can actually save those canned responses in Gmail and just quickly utilize them. You also want to leave spaces for personalization, such as links, the email recipient's name, etc. If you are using something like Gmail that doesn't have the option to use something like a smart field, then you want to make sure that you are maybe highlighting those things so they don't get missed whenever you do send a canned email response. But for things like maybe HoneyBook or Dubsado, they're going to have the ability for you to be able to create templated things in your software but you're just going to have the option to utilize something like a smart field where it will auto populate those things. And so an action step that you could probably do for this is go ahead and at least create five templated email responses in a document in ClickUp maybe. So if you're using something like ClickUp or maybe you just wanna use a Google Doc, think of common questions you get asked or information you send out a lot and create templated email responses for it. So example, maybe it's questions about what services you offer or a testimonial request email that you send to your clients. 
Maybe it's a reminder email that you send your clients one week before their one-on-one -on -one coaching starts or an information request. And we actually end up grouping our responses. So maybe we'll have a category of like billing questions or course questions or pricing or refund questions, whatever that looks like, go ahead and start grouping and building them in. So for next steps, let's go ahead and try to write down some tasks in your business that you want to automate and then place them into one of the four types of automations we discussed in this episode. So again, it's tech, process or workflow, personal or templated automation. And then go ahead and set up your automations, whether it is an actual tech automation, whether it's a process. And then as you complete your tasks this week, think about if any of them can fall under these four types of automations and how you can go ahead and start implementing that. So like I mentioned, automating your business can save you so much time. It's gonna help increase that productivity and cut down on inconsistencies in your business. And I know it can seem like a big task to automate, but implementing automations in your business is going to allow you time to focus on pushing the needle forward. And it's not something that you have to tackle all at once. You can tackle it little by little, but whatever time and energy you are putting up front to do this, it's gonna pay back tenfold down the road. So definitely something I recommend starting to evaluate in your business. If you guys have questions about automations at all, pop into our Mighty Networks community. We're happy to help give you guys some ideas. We love talking all things systems in there and we will see you guys on the episode next week. Thanks so much for joining me for another episode of the Elevate Effect podcast. If you liked what you heard, share the episode with your best friend, team member, or even your dog. If you have a minute, leave a review below or DM me on Instagram to let me know what you want to hear on the podcast next. Thanks again, and I can't wait to see you next week.